who was he talking like, who was he talking to <laughs> what was this about like i just did you just out just randomly just be like yeah i just i just fancy having a slave like i was that intrigued and disgusted at the same time but i genuinely just felt like what why was this a conversation yeah like, you know when you just want to rationalize racism like why were you talking what what were you asked a question <laughs> like like it's just like were you asked how you felt about slave ownership hey everyone and welcome to the black canvas podcast i hope you're all doing really really well i'm sure you've missed us so we yes we gave ourselves another week off because it was easter and if you've been following us along these past nine weeks it's very important for us to prioritize rest so we hope during that time whatever you're doing with your families you had a good bank holiday weekend i know we've got a couple of them coming up so hopefully we have some good weather so today it's just me and dems today so i hope you guys don't mind <laughs> it's just us today and um, we've got a lot to get through so before we get into the main topic for today dems how are we feeling what's going on highlight of the week highlight of the week my highlight of the week was i had a really busy week with work and mm-hmm. other um projects outside of work but it was good busy it was good stress and i haven't had that sort of like good stress in a while it's mm-hmm. before it's just been like very very horrible uncomfortable stress and then oh everything's fine but now like the last week or so i've just had really like good healthy stress work has been really productive um yeah, I think that's the highlight of my week. Good. And I guess, how are you feeling then? I ask the questions in reverse, but yeah, how are you feeling? <laughs> now I am feeling good. I'm feeling well rested. I slept in and yeah, I just feel super chilled, super relaxed. Made some good food today. Just sat I, and chilled. I saw, I saw. Yeah. I cannot wait for my invitation. <laughs> Honestly, listen, I'm going to be doing brunch. We're going to be doing dinners. I can't wait. I'm just looking forward to it so much. I've been testing out recipes on the boat as well. So, you know. I cannot wait. You guys need to know, yeah. Dems and his roti, when I tell you, his roti is famous. Yeah, his roti is famous. That is the number one thing I expect (laughs) when we come to the new place. (laughs) Listen, when you open the door, you'll get roti as you enter. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need I need roti from the front door to the living room, from the living room to the kitchen. Yep, yep. Trust me, Dems knows. And I need to bring uh, I need a doggy bag. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, soon come, soon come. I cannot wait. I oh. can't wait. What about you? How, How are you feeling? feeling? I am feeling good. Um I'm, I mean, look, I'm always tired, but today I'm feeling good. Um, had a cute lunch today, so I'm feeling good. Um, my highlight of the week is I went to the Science Museum this past week. So it's been half term. So, for, yeah, for everyone who has to has the ordeal of trying to project manage where their kids are going to be for two weeks. Um, 
we made it through. But the science museum, I love those kind of things. I love taking like my kids and even just me. Like I love you know the VNA, I love the natural history, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, we had a really great time. So and it was one on one time with me and my daughter because since I had my second baby, obviously it's been you know all about the baby. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that during the holiday we had some just one on one time with me and her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a really great time. She really enjoyed it, and just seeing her smile and her just be happy is always a highlight. Oh, so nice, that's nice. I know. And then here we are the night before, you know, Babylon in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're recording this on a Sunday, guys. So, yeah, you know how it feels. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, speaking of Babylon, speaking always, of it. there is always, always something. And, guys, honestly, you can't see me, but my eyes are closed. And I am just, like, bracing myself to get into this. Um, So, Tory councillor... Andrew Edwards, he was recently suspended over racist remarks, allegations, pending an investigation. So Andrew Edwards, he represents um, the Tory party in Pembrokeshire. And there is a recording that has been making the rounds on social media where he is saying all white men should have a black person as a slave. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I mean... When I heard the recording, I was genuinely confused. And I don't usually say I need, like, there's obviously no context in which this makes sense. But I was just like, who was, who was he talking, like, who was he talking to? Like, what was this about? Like, I just, did you just out, just randomly just be like, yeah, I just, I just fancy having a slave. Like, I was that intrigued and disgusted at the same time. But I genuinely just felt like, what, why was this a conversation? Yeah. Like, you know when you're just trying to rationalise racism, like, why were you talking? What, what, were you asked a question? <laughs> like, like, it's just like, were you asked how you felt about slave ownership? I mean, do you currently own slaves? Like, I, sometimes racism really does just leave me perplexed. It just jumps out. It just jumps out and you're just like, what? Yeah, like, just... Did he just offer this information unprovoked? <laughs> that just, I, I had all of these questions and I just, I was just like, but yeah, in the recording, he said, again, I'm going to quote what he says. I think all white men should have a black man as a slave or a black woman as a slave. You know, it's nothing wrong with skin color. It is just, they're a lower class than us white people, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I mean, I don't really know what else to say, to be honest. What else, what else do you say? And, like, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm really perplexed. Like, who are you okay, talking and, to? So now what? Yeah, Andrew, who are you talking to? Like, <laughs> do I want to know? Who are you talking to? Now, I, who are you, who I, are you talking to and where was this conversation? Yeah. And at the moment, we don't have any further information around like where or when the recording was made. Um, but of course, he has now issued a statement and he said, I'm aware of such serious allegations being made. <laughs> I'm, aware. I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. Great to great, great to have you on board. Um and he said, This is why I have self-referred to the public services ombudsman. How do you say the word? 
Ombudsman. Ombudsman, yeah. There we go. For an independent evaluation. It is now in the hands of legal experts. It would be unfair on the process for me to comment now. <laughs> Why are you even here? Why is this statement a thing? <laughs> Sorry, he said it would be unfair for me to comment. <laughs> it's like saying, it's like saying, I've put myself, I've sent myself to the police station. I've been arrested and I can't say anything now because it's in, it's, um, it's in the judicial system. Bye. Fam, did you say it or not? Yeah, that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to know. Oh, do you know what? Like, right, do you know what? Let me, let me, let me just, let me be serious for a sec, right? It, it's obviously not surprising that this guy is a Tory councillor. Like, of course it's not. Like, mm. I think we can, we can at least, the, you know, the two of us can agree that, you know, the Tory party is generally a safe haven for racists. But what I feel like is interesting or is important to highlight is that, Obviously, the Tory party have distanced themselves. So the Welsh Conservative leader, um, he has said the views expressed in the recording are disgraceful, abhorrent and are not shared by the Welsh Conservatives. As the matter is being investigated, it would be inappropriate to comment further. Um, And then there was an additional comment by the Pembrokeshire Council. They said we are aware of an allegation being made and have referred the matter to the Ombudsman. It would be inappropriate to comment further. So the establishment to which he belongs, they have obviously distanced themselves. And, you know, it's sort of like the statement that kind of comes out of, you know, the DNI book handbook for dummies. <laughs> where they distance themselves and say, you know, we are a diverse and inclusive employer. Mm. Those views are not shared by us, yada, yada, yada. But I think that's obviously bullshit because somebody who shares those views or somebody who holds those views is able to flourish in the Tory party. Like it's quite, it's quite to me, it's, it's at some point these views would have been that like, it would have been shared. Mm. Like, I, it's like when we have the conversation about the police, when they say that, you know, it's just, it's one, a bad apple or whatever. And I think, no, actually like racists flock there because you speak to their racist sentiments. Mm, and I mm. think, and I think when we're having this discussion about, you know, the Andrews of the, the world and whatnot, it's important to understand that this doesn't happen in a vacuum. No, it doesn't happen in isolation. Right. And I'm sh- I'm very sure that, that, you know, he is in an environment where that sort of sentiment, that sort of thinking can flourish. Like no one, no one went to his house and recorded a private conversation in his home. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very sure that this sentiment that he believes it he's in an environment where it, it can flourish. And I'm sure that that he is not the only one that is thinking like this, talking like this, having conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, those conversations are probably in private, but they're not in the privacy of their homes. They're in the private members clubs, the men only private members clubs, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that you can only get into if you're from like Eton or whatever, like East India Company clubs and all of those like very, very elitist sort of um, institutions. Mm-hmm. Like he is not the first and he's definitely not going to be the last. And I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's, it's also he, you know, he wasn't like he wasn't like suspended straight away. Oh, of course not. 
He had to get jobs online for him to be suspended. Right, exactly. So most of them, I would argue, like probably think like him. But over the over time, I guess they've sort of learnt when and where they're able to express their views. But again, you don't need to look very far to know that these views are shared by the Tory party because let's just look at the policies that they are currently trying to drive through. Exactly. Right? The whole stop the boat campaign, you can is directly linked, I'm so sorry, to the remarks that Andrew has made, right? Like oh, when you when you create policies and campaigns that are intended to stir up the racism that permeates throughout this dreadful country it goes hand in hand so you can be they can be appalled at his comments but they need to just look in the mirror like this is exactly the type of party that allows this type of thing to flourish i mean their previous prime minister you know the pre the previous leader he was talking about you know picking the knees with watermelon smiles right so right none of this is is surprising mm-hmm what what I'm looking for now is okay. So what's going to happen next? Yep, he's suspended, but is he going to be suspended from being a councillor for the Tory party? Is he going to be kicked out? Like, what other sort of reparations are we going to get from from this? What justice are we going to get from this? Because that comment is it's abhorrent and it's disgusting, and it just goes to show the insidious nature of racism within this country and it's like so what are we going to do about this now like what 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 is going to come from this that's why i want to know because to me this isn't a shock to a lot of people this is a shock but to me it's not a shock at all i just want to know what's going to happen and i want to know i want to know the severity of the repercussions that are going to be given to this um person i mean I wouldn't hold my breath, especially given that the people who should now hold him accountable probably share the same views. Mm. So I feel like he, what he will probably do is just resign. Mm. And that's what they do anyway. They, they take a step back because that then means that they don't need to then follow through with like, you know, punishment or whatever do you know what I mean because then it's Mm -hmm. like you then set a precedent for this type of thing because I'm pretty sure like there are more people that think like this and might be silly enough to be caught being I don't know and recorded or whatnot so they'll do what they always do they'll just resign and these people will be fine they will just resign but sort of moving on from this and just sort of looking at this more widely so before we came on to start um recording um richie brave on twitter he tweeted that he tweeted asking a question and i just thought it was relevant to what we were talking about right now given that we're talking about you know these acts of real this is like proper overt racism like you're actually saying that mm. you know, we should be slaves and i, I don't know how you, you don't get no more overt than that that you know you believe that white people are more superior and whatnot that is all the views that are held by this man. So mm. Richie is asked, do you think things have changed in Britain since Stephen Lawrence's murder? If so, how? If not, why not? Well, I mean, and, I mean before you answer, um, I will say again, I mean, mm. if you don't know who mm. Stephen Lawrence is, then I mean, <clears throat> I why mean, you may not... this podcast? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I'll be very shocked, but let, <laughs> let, let, let's just, 
for those, we might have people that are um, listening from other countries. Let's just say that. So if you're not familiar with Stephen Lawrence, Stephen Lawrence was a black British teenager. He was from Southeast London in Plumstead. Um, he was murdered in a racially motivated attack. He was waiting for a bus with his friend in 1993. Um, he was 18 years old at the time. And basically that case, his murder was the catalyst um, for many, many things that happened afterwards. It kind of blew up the, I guess, in the spotlight in the UK around racism and, and sort of individual acts of racism. And as you would expect, the black community wanted answers. They wanted there to be consequences for what was a racially motivated attack so after the initial investigation there were six suspects who were arrested but they weren't charged they weren't charged um and this led on to things like you know the mcpherson report and if you've listened to one of our recent episodes we spoke about the mcpherson report the mcpherson report was born out of the stephen lawrence murder so set the stage for you now so when that case happened that really should have been a pivotal moment for us in the uk Mm. And it was because yes. that McPherson report was when um, the police commissioner admitted that the police was institutionally racist. I think the report right. said that the police, the Metropolitan Police was institutionally racist. Yep. And the chief, was it the chief commissioner? Yes. What's his name? Paul Condon? Yeah. He he um, admitted and agreed, yes, that was correct. Mm-hmm. So when that McPherson report came out, that was like our first sort of um, quantitative kind of like data for like us to say, right, there's a problem. There's actual, there's actual data to say that there's mm-hmm. a problem. So that was our first kind of like way of kind of like moving, I would say moving forward in the right mm-hmm. direction, especially when previous towards that, no one in the mainstream was really admitting that there was a problem and this was kind of like off the back of like the Brixton riots and the sus wars sus laws even um in like the 80s so this was like the first time since then where we kind of felt there was like a like a general consensus that we thought that things were going forward because it was there in print that the Met Police was institutionally racist and no one could no one could ignore it because it was there in print Mm. I, thought, I think it's an interesting question and it definitely does mean that you have to kind of take time to really like put things into perspective and you know think about things from the, at least from those of us who are old enough to remember the case I mean I think in terms of change okay so in terms of changes to the law I would say yes we had the introduction of the equality duty so because of the McPherson report so there have been so there were some changes to the law at least that you could say okay that was a change whether that has made things better or worse i'll leave that up to to you to decide but there have there were some changes right um the mcpherson report had several recommendations within it um and yes there were some that were taken on board but if we're thinking about i guess like politically culturally I'm struggling to see if there has been a positive change in Britain. Um, I would probably say no. Um, I'd go as far as saying that no. 
because I literally just said now that the Stephen Lawrence murder and what followed the McPherson report, which then led to the actual then conviction of the killers. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that they did eventually get convicted. Eventually, it took a very long time. uh, A lot of stress and trauma on Stephen Lawrence's parents. His mother, Doreen Lawrence, God bless her. Like she really, she really has gone through it. Like it's, it's bad. It's it's the the most unthinkable happens, right? You lose your child. Not only do you lose your child, you lost your child in the most unimaginable, gruesome way. Mm. She has campaigned tirelessly since then Mm -hmm. for several changes in the law, for several changes with policing and all different things. So, so yes. Stephen Lawrence murder and what followed the McPherson report and the eventual convictions, which I say was years and years after it really should have been the moment, right? It should have been that pivotal moment, particularly when individualized acts of racism were, or, you know, violence were no longer accepted or Mm. no longer enjoyed the protection of the state because those men for many, many years had the protection of the state. Yeah. They just, for whatever reason, and we won't go into it now, but they just, they, they many, many years lived their lives and still Doreen Lawrence and the family and campaigners were fighting for, and you know, they got it in the end. But to say now, I feel like it hasn't changed. It it didn't do what it should have done. And to me, that is a terrible place to be because something as violent and overtly racist like that should have been the time where this country said, you know what? No, we will not sanction this type of behavior. We will not protect this type of behavior. Mm. But I feel the only thing that has changed really is that now white people probably are are just a lot more upset about being called racist, racist rather than actually saying, do you know what? We're not going to center our feelings in this. We now have a Casey report that the Met Commissioner doesn't want to accept that they are institutionally racist. And we're talking, what, 30-something years later, after Stephen Lawrence, we've now regressed and you now don't even want to accept? It's 30 years this year, yeah. Right. We At the time of the McPherson report, they were at least willing to accept the findings. We've now moved 30 years on and you don't even want to accept... At, like in 30 years we we we've regret like that to me is a national shame we we have regressed yeah i would say systemically we have regressed mm-hmm. i think the only thing that's changed is that we talk about racism a lot more openly especially in the mainstream now oh, i think well, we've, we've a, definitely become a career in it yeah i mean <laughs> i mean <laughs> since since 2020 when um most people in this country um, realise that racism was a problem in um, this country. I think we've we're definitely talking about race and racism a lot more. But in terms of like the systemic ways that black people are oppressed in this country, I think it's it's still there. It's still the same, and it's not just it's not just in the police force. It's it's everywhere. It's in the education system. It's in the health healthcare system. The mental healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, ha- nothing has changed. Like what? even you, even was it your sister that was saying that she had to, she had to make a complaint about one of the nurses that was teaching her. Yep, yep. When she um, giving blood, taking blood, 
And when they were giving their observation on what she did, they were like, yep, you know, you did a really good job. You're doing really well. But just to just to bear in mind that when you're taking blood from um, black patients that, you know, their skin's a bit tougher. So you need to, you know, apply a bit more force. Yeah. Like it was said in a way that she felt was being helpful. That's just like, you know, that's how deep this goes. Like she actually thought she was being helpful. It's just like, when are people going to open up their eyes and just be like, this government just needs to be flogged. I'm sorry. And And the thing is, you know, when I just said earlier that like, violence that is racist that are state protected and you might people might think well what what on earth what act could the government be protecting i'm like well excuse me the met police Mm -hmm. that is the the biggest that is the biggest the biggest right now like the the casey report and every other report that was before it has documented so many different acts, you know, misogynistic, homophobic, racist, Islamophobic, like, and they continually are protected by the states. Not only that, they are continued to be funded and protected. Mm-hmm. He, like, I feel like a broken record, but one of the other episodes we, we, we spoke about that one of the most prolific sex offenders this country has ever seen is a serving Met police officer. Exactly. How are all these people able to be police officers? How are they able to flourish in this institution if it is not state sanctioned? Exactly. Like, guys, come on, it's not that difficult. And this is what I'm saying. And this is what um, reminds me of a video that Kalechi, she was just speaking on her stories the other day and just talking about how, you know, many people are just falling at the smallest hurdle. Mm. Like, very small, like... We're not all going to be Harriet Tubman, you know? We're not, like, let me just put it out there. Like, we're not, come on. Like, Harriet Tubman was, you know, she really put, not only, the reason why I use Harriet Tubman, I'm using her as an example, as somebody who really did sacrifice mm. in a way that put her life at risk. Exactly. Right? It, 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 you know, she free, she was able to be get free, but she made the decision that, okay, I'm going to be free, but I cannot leave others behind. Exactly. So she went back time and time again. And in doing that, constantly put herself at risk, right? Mm. She had so much to lose. She had everything to lose. Mm-hmm. Literally everything, right? So I use her as an example of like the ultimate, like that is the ultimate sacrifice that you put your life on the line for the freedom of others, right? So we're not all going to be that person, yeah? And that's fine. Yeah. Some of us might be, you know, the one who says no publicly to things. Like there are very small, small things that we can do, but some of us are not even doing that. Mm. And that was what I got from her video, from her stories that some of us are saying things like, you know, well, when I get there, when I get into these rooms, I just need to get there. And then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do the damn thing, you know? Just do the thing now. Like, part of the reason why some people get into that room is because they're doing the work now. Like, look at Kalechi. Kalechi is getting into those rooms because she spent years putting in the work, mm-hmm. calling out the government, calling out calling out this country, especially pre-2020 when it wasn't cool to call out the government, wasn't cool to call out the country, wasn't cool to um, talk about racism and sexism and homophobia you know, and transphobia, like pre-2020, it wasn't like the cool thing to do, but now everyone's on it. But it's like, 
she's put in the work and that's why she's getting into places where she can actually try try to make change mm-hmm. but you can't just wait to get into the room you need to put in the work now you need to open up your mouth and talk about how dead this government is talk about how dead the the leader of the opposition is in terms of doing the job to counteract what the Tory government are doing you know you need to be you need to be loud because you if you don't practice what you preach now how are you going to do the work in the room when you're faced with all of these people well they're, well, they're not going to exactly <laughs> like I mean come on like if you can't even open up your mouth when like your colleague touches your hair like come on exactly like and, I, and I'm not even trying to say this as like you know no I'm to risk her- your job. like bills in this economy bills rent needs to be paid I'm telling you like, like don't even get me wrong like, for yourself thank you like don't even get me wrong like I'm not even trying to make it out like you know I am yeah. you know the supreme activist like I've never ever you know given myself that label I completely understand that look sometimes look bills have to be paid we are in a cosy lives like I get it um but when if you are somebody who like let me pause for a second because one thing I also wanted to highlight right is that like we when we talk about how far maybe this country has moved on and when we see sort of overt acts of racism like that you know that recording of saying owning slaves and whatnot right one thing that definitely um has become a trend these days and it just seems to be everywhere is that you know being an activist or speaking quite loudly about these things has become a career Mm. And sometimes it can be difficult to discern between, you know, those who, you know, it's it's a check and those who actually, you know, are about it. Do you know what I mean? And there is a particular person that comes to mind, won't mention her name. Um, but I that it was definitely like that for me in the beginning, right? Where I was like, wow, where did this auntie come from? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, saying, speaking up the thing, saying everything, I'm thinking, wow, like, you know, and don't get me wrong, I have the utmost, I do still have the utmost respect. But at the same time, I'm just like, I can't lie. Sometimes I'm just like, give it a rest. Like, like give it, like, what, like, what is actually, like, who are you actually talking to? Because one of the things that I'm finding a lot with the way we speak about racism in this country is that we stay at point A. We do not move on from point A. Literally. Mm-hmm. Are we racist? No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, you're not. Yes, we are. Oh my God. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. That That's Dems. That is literally the be all and end all of the conversation. Like, I'm I'm not going to sit here and explain away my humanity. I'm sorry. That's that's not what today is. Constantly. That is as far as the conversation goes. And with this now recording of this Tory councillor, I kid you not, like, I'm very sure the entire discourse in the media will be around trying to individualise it Mm. and make it a symptom of that one misguided poor guy, not a reflection of the party or the country to which he resides in. Listen, I haven't got time to do this one, one run apple in the barrel, whatever, like... Like we said in our previous episode, it's rotten from the root to the fruit. So unless we are going to have that conversation, then I'm not having any other conversation. I'm sorry. I'm not going to baby anyone into this ABC, one, two, three, do, re, do, re, me, racism, 101. 
I, I can't I can't have those basic conversations because it's just really going to get me frustrated. If we aren't willing to have the real conversations about racism, sexism, and homophobia and white supremacist patriarchy in this country, then what is the point? Um, listen, cut your check. Cut your check at the end of the day. But if you're not going to have the, the real conversations, the right conversations, and with the right people as well, mm. do you know what? Do your Good Morning Britain, but outside of your Good Morning Britain, what are you doing? Because let me tell you something, Good Morning Britain does not serve anyone other than yourself. And that's, and that's fine, because you've got to serve yourself at the end of the day. But if you're not doing anything outside of Good Morning Britain, that, that's actually going to help us as a community, which will at the end of the day, help us as a society, then what is the point of you being there? Mm-hmm. What's the point other than cutting the check? And if you're there to cut the check, just be transparent. Just just say, yes, I'm about this. Good morning, Britain, Twitter, good morning, Britain, Twitter, channel five, whatever. Just say that that's what you're about. But don't come onto the internet to tell to say that you're an activist and you're doing X, Y, Z, whatever. Like, come on. There's so many people on the internet that are just doing things for show. Yeah. If I ask you where, if I ask you where in the community are you doing work outside of outside of being on TV, outside of doing like public appearances, outside of writing books, like what are you doing outside of that? How are you serving community? Because that's where the real work is, and that's not to say. If you're an activist and you're doing everything online, you're doing TV parents, blah, 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 that's not to say that you're not doing the work or you're not doing any work. You are doing work. You're doing great work. But we need this work to come back to our community. There are so many grassroots organisations that are sitting there and it's just like empty hands because none of that work at the top is coming down to the people that need it at the bottom. And then all we have every day is just discourse, discourse online. And, and at the end of the day, nothing else really happens. And then we get to points like this, where another white man in a Tory government says something very white, and then we're arguing about it again. And I'm like, oh, is everyone okay? No, everyone is not okay. Um, do you know, the, the thing is, it's that like, when people want to do the whole, like, cutting the check, and doing stuff I feel like that is that can definitely be a slippery slope and Mm. we've spoken about this like ages ago on a YouTube channel where we spoke about um like performative activism oh yeah that's our very first episode yes it was um and I think that you can really fall down a very slippery slope when you start to take um engagements or speaking Mm. spots that are purely about furthering your personal agenda I feel like in the beginning, you may be able to straddle that fence. But I think very quickly, when you consider this capitalist world we live in, I think when you start to become a slave to, for lack of a better word, (laughs) you start to compromise. You might not want to say something so direct this time Mm. because, you know, you may not be able to get that speaking slot. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think... I don't know how sustainable it is to think that you can do both long term. I think eventually one will win. And yeah, yeah we, we have to survive in this world. And I think that ultimately what generally will win is 
the quest for that check. And I think that people need to be more honest with themselves That's about it. their motives. Be transparent. Just be like, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I, res- I will respect you even more if you say, look, I want to do the work. But at the end of the day, the mortgage interest rate has shot up through the roof and I need to cut some checks. So from here on out, I'm going to be doing things with a check. Listen, you've told me what you, who you are and what you're about. Do your thing. Just don't tell me one thing and then when I'm looking to find you with my eye and my eye is open and I can't see you, that's all I ask. Right. Because right. me for one, I am so exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm so exhausted having these same conversations. I'm so exhausted going onto the internet, especially Twitter, and seeing these same conversations again and again and again and we don't go anywhere. It's just I'm just really exhausted. So if you if you're gonna be about it, just be about it. Mm-hmm. I am right there with you with my exhaustion. I just want <laughs> us to just be more honest. Do you know what I mean? And as I say, like that recording is just is just it's very it just demonstrates the the mood of this country. Like it doesn't. Mm. Like it, it's not shocking. It's not. Sho- I mean, it's shocking, yes, but then it's not shocking because I'm. I I honestly believe that there are a lot of people in this country that think that way, and that in itself is also quite depressing. Mm. Um that you can hear something like that and then you clutch your pearls um, at how shocking it is. But then you take a second, you think, oh, well, okay, this is the UK, <laughs> you know, like it is. And then our conversations are just sort of very, you know, key stage two. And a lot of conversations are a distraction. Like we can't even have a, a conversation about like you, like another perfect example is that you can't be about it and be supporting the coronation. I'm so sorry. Please. You can't. You- you can't be about it and be doing Jubilee, Jubilee, nope. or Coronation, Coronation. Even Harry and Meghan and what and whatever, like, there's only a certain amount of capacity you can have for them as a couple. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. At some point... At some point, really, yeah, you have, have to, like, draw the line... Whole- Right, we can have a discussion about how awful it was that she was subjected to. Yeah, it, all yeah, get that. All of that. It's not nice. They yeah. have left the country. They have look. They have taken a train and they are not coming back. Right. Yeah. So we are in here in this UK where people cannot get GP appointments. They can't put their heating on. We have Tory councillors. We have people who sit in government telling us on video or was it recordings that they think that we should be slaves. Like these are real issues here, right? And I just think that all of these things are constantly a distraction. Like the UK is a nation, nation of distraction. Every single time we feel like there might be some type of a turning point, the government know what to do. They just stir the the racism that permeates through this country. That's why we've got the Stop the Boats campaign. Because they know that that type of thing, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that you can't put your heating on, stop the boats. So everything's about a distraction. And I think if we really, if most people, if more people actually woke up to what was going on, maybe there could then be, there could be some progress. But until we actually make a move from point A, and I'm not even trying to be too radical and say, let's go to like M. Let's just maybe go to C, mm. move it along a little bit. But we constantly, so like a constant loop. And the people that have made careers out of activism, I'm so sorry, you don't, you don't help actually don't help because you take up all the limelight 
and you continue to go on to these shows and argue with people who are committed to misunderstanding you you argue with people who see you like it doesn't do anything aside from maybe getting you a few more units sold for your book that doesn't do anything i i i would argue that actually it it, it makes things worse it actually because you'll continue to fuel the distraction this is true i mean I'm so sorry to say, but like I say, I on one hand, I, I yes, get your check. But then I want you to know that you're getting your check with the knowledge that you are continuing to help this distraction breathe, right? Yeah. We need to cut it. We need to cut the supply to these distractions. Do not engage. There's absolutely no way you can invite me onto any of these platforms and I will sit there and I'll argue with you. I'm, I will not. Mm. I'm so sorry. I will not. Why? doesn't do anything for me if anything it, you you get off on it that's you and you get more viewings but what 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 good does it do to go back and forth with Piers Morgan exactly what, what does that what does that do it just gives you more stress more right. cortisol in, up in your head for for what you to get do? sick like if you're actually committed to actual anti-racist work and and not just a check you wouldn't engage with these platforms so let's just call a spade a spade like you actually wouldn't because it doesn't do anything outside of just giving you more press, giving you more attention and, and allowing you to sell more books. Who, by the way, those books are not for us. Wow. They're not for us. Wow. Like, do you really think um, this Andrew guy who was telling somebody that we should be owning slaves is going to read your book? <laughs> do you really think uh, somebody who's com- committed to white supremacy is going to read your book? Do you think somebody who thinks that you are less than because you are black is going to read what you have to say? Mm. Please, let's be serious. Please. That's the thing. People aren't serious. No, they're not. But, you know, people sell your books, make your money. But as long as we know what it is, and I know what it is, I'm not afraid to say what it is. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) There we go. There we go. So, I mean, like we always say, guys, we'll keep an eye on this and see what happens. I feel like he's going to resign, like actually yeah. just move away. But yeah, we'll see. And if there is an update, we'll let you guys know. Yeah. So this week, um, the popular culture is going to be kind of linked to a few things. So it's going to be linked to Spotlight. But um, we wanted to talk about Galdem. So unfortunately, uh, Galdem are no more. And I mean, look, this is obviously a really, really sad situation because we've spoken about this before in another episode where we said it was really important for us to have media that was, you know, for us, by us. And, you know, it can be very difficult when you are a platform that is dedicated to telling the stories of black people, of black women, um, because they don't necessarily get the funding that Mm. other larger media houses can get. So, so yeah. So um, if you're not aware who Galdem are, so they're an award-winning online and print magazine committed to sharing the perspectives of people of colour from marginalised genders. Um, and they announced that they were closing. Um, they said that several factors had contributed to the difficult decision, um, including numerous challenges with running a small, mission-driven, independent media company. Wow, Dems, what do you think? I mean, it's sad. I mean, I remember when Gallagher first started, um, I think it was like 2015, I think. And yeah, I've been reading, I've been reading their content since they first started, and it's a massive shame because they've been building community, 
and they even got to a point where they were creating more content and getting people to support them uh, financially as well. And yeah, I've I've been really enjoying their content, and it's just a shame that a platform that's actually building community and doing the work and paying people for their time it's it's just sad that it's no more yeah i'm just really sad and disappointed because yet again yeah. it's just um another platform another grassroots organization that um that is kind of no more and yeah it's just really sad mm-hmm. no yep yeah, i absolutely i agree with you it is really sad and and any opportunity that we have ever had um on our platform to spotlight and share um black led media that we believe in and support we we always always mention Galdem like we've yeah. always been in support of them and we have never shied away from saying how important it is that we pour into our community so to hear it was definitely was really disappointing and you know at the end of the day it is always going to come down to money a lot of the time yeah. like these these platforms much like ours they, they don't run on vibes do you know what I mean like as much <laughs> as we would like to think that they do like in order to run these things it it needs money and sometimes when there's when there's not enough of it this is this is what's going to happen and that's what's always going to come down to so it's always if you can in any way like you we need to support we we need to like at the end of the day like it's going to come back down to us as a community and if you believe in something and you want to see it thrive you have to put your money where your mouth is mm-hmm. and sometimes you may not, we may not want to just be so, you know, overt with our, like, you know, give us money, but no, like these, our platforms don't run on vibes is, is what I'm saying. And um, we're really sad to see Gaudem go. Um, and of course it was a hard decision for them, um, but they have um, created a directory of where you're able to basically um, go and see all of the Gaudem contributors past and present. So, the directory is currently live on their site. So yeah, if you want to go on and see, because the, the the public directory is there to highlight some of the incredible people that they've worked with. Um, and also if you are looking for, you know, incredibly gifted writers, um, you can go on there to consider them for future projects or opportunities. So yeah, please do go on their socials and have a look at the directory because even though Galdem may not be anymore, Galdem were able to be who they were because they had incredible writers and contributors and those people still need to work Mm. right they still have a voice they still want to work so if you're in a position to commission people yeah go go to the directory Mm. and have a look and commission and the good thing about Galdem is that they paid their writers they paid people like just because you're doing community driven work doesn't mean that we don't we shouldn't get paid exactly um can't run on vibes that's what we're saying like obviously there's a there's a line and people try and like figure out what that line is for them but they're doing incredible work and incredible work isn't free (laughs) (laughs) just to put it plain and simple um but we will have all of their details um in the description bits yeah wherever you're listening to this so if you want to go there and have a check them out um as I said at the beginning, we're going to link this to this week's spotlight. So that was one half of the spotlight, I would say, is the directory. 
the second half of spotlight is we wanted to spotlight another black led media um company platform who both myself and them and tiffany like we all we support them not just with our voices but we also support them financially um that is black ballad um if you don't know who black ballad is girl man boy where (laughs) have you been where have you been right like if you're so if you're serious about supporting black led media then there's no way you don't know about black ballad exactly and if you don't know shame on you no i'm, I'm kidding like we will <laughs> shame on you but no no i'm just kidding so um i will give you a bit of background to black ballad so they have like a mission statement um on their website um and i'll just read a little bit of it so Black Ballad exists to help every black woman realize how she can change her world through every click she makes and every conversation she has. We tell stories, they host events, and they create experiences for, by, and about black women that they can't and won't get anywhere else. They produce things like articles, podcasts to our thriving membership and community. They exist to do one thing, help black women in Britain and beyond live their best lives. Mm. What to love about that? why wouldn't you love that it's brilliant like it's beautiful like there are so i think like like what we want to do we want to humanize like the black british experience they're doing Mm -hmm. the same thing for black women and when you like look at their website and when you look at at the articles there is so much for you to engage with Mm -hmm. and it's just it's not just about on mainstream platforms it's just it's basically about trauma when they get um black writers especially black women to to write about to when they get them to commission but on black ballad it's like it's the whole it's the length and breadth of the experience for black british women and it's just beautiful to see it is i mean it's amazing that something like this does actually exist for us um and i would like to say as well you don't have to be a black woman to support black ballad or to engage with the work I think that's really important to say. Of course, it is created for us. And that is something they've always been quite unashamedly um, proud to say. And I think that's important. Like Toby, who is the founder of Black Ballad, like she, she's very unashamed about saying, you know, the mission is number one, we are here for black women. And mm. to me, that speaks volumes that you have a platform that isn't afraid to openly say, look, yeah, you guys, you can engage if you want, but number one, we're looking out for black women mm. and for a that's okay and it is okay it is it is it, she speaks a lot about you know whether they considered you know maybe branching out a bit and making it not making it so niche and but it's just like no i'm really glad that they have stuck to that because you know there's very little that you know is for us you know that is exactly. about us and centers us do you know what i mean and to be able to have something that actually centers us and says you are important we see you not only do we see you but you're important we love you and this is going to be for you that to me is just so wonderful and for me it was a no-brainer to not only engage with the content but to support it financially Mm, same i know how important um it is to speak not only life into these things but to speak coins into these things so that they can keep going um listen i only pay four four ninety nine a month mm-hmm. yeah same i pay four ninety nine a month i get access to their site even if even if i don't ever read an article again i will still pay money 
Exactly. You know what I mean? Because it's not, because even if I decide one week or one month not to read an article, there's another woman out there who will want to. But if they don't exist anymore, then it's then no one benefits. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's how I see it. And not only that, they crowdfunded a couple of months ago mm. um, they, for investment. And I invested, and I know you did to, Dems too. Mm. Because again, I want to see them around for a very long time. So not only am I investing in the present, but I want to see them exist years from now so that, you know, black women of tomorrow can also benefit from this this platform. Exactly. And what I loved about that investment drive is that after that, they started hiring um, regional contributors. Yes. So yes. So find, just, yeah. yeah. So you find that a lot of uh, platforms, especially black platforms, they're always like centered in London or in the South. But when Black Ballad got that round of funding, they started hiring more regional contrib- contributors. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a lot of contributors that are actually from the north of England and uh, and in Scotland. Yeah. And it's just that is that is the sort of content that that we that we need, like that ho- cohesive, holistic mm-hmm. experience that that we have like up and down the country, not just centered in the south or in London exactly yeah it's, it's great like so it's not just you know women in one particular part of the country it's like it's sharing a well-rounded view and it's something for everyone and I think that's what's really important mm. something for everyone because you know it's black women we're not a monolith so there is something for everyone so look we say all of this to say that like if you want to support them and you're you are in a position to do that financially then please do that um they say on their website that the membership is the leading lifestyle experience for black women in Britain and beyond. So the membership gives you access to all of their articles, videos, you get discounts to their events. Honestly, I love that about being a black ballad member. I'm not going to lie. Like you do actually get mm. um, exclusive um, access to some of their events and discounts from black owned brands and and yeah, member only perks. And so it's not just the articles you get, like they do really make it worth your while. And even if they didn't, I would still support, but it's nice to have these perks. And again, a lot of them, all of the perks are always geared to black owned things, products, events, books, all these kind of things. So you really do feel like you're pouring into something that really does put us first as a community. And th- mm. that's the kind of thing you want to see. Exactly. So as always, if you are interested in knowing more about Black Ballad, we'll leave all of their details um, in the description below. But in terms of their socials, it is Black Ballad UK. So at B-L-A-C-K-B-A-L-L-A-D-U-K. Please go and follow them. Support them if you can. That's Black Ballad. Amazing. All right, everyone. Well, I thought that was all right for just the two of us. I hope we did Tiff proud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we did. I, but we love you girl she'll be back next week guys yeah. um but yeah thank you so much for for joining us today whatever you have going on whatever you're doing whatever time of the day you're listening to this we hope that you have joy and peace in your heart and if you don't please go and find something that brings you joy whether it's a snack a show a book whatever it is i say this every week but whatever in your life brings you joy please go and do that mm, go outside and touch some grass there we go touch some grass because there's a lot of mess going on trust me it works wonders you know when you just open your door and go outside mm. do it trust me it works listen to them yeah like listen to us 
<laughs> all right everyone um so yeah enjoy your week and we will see you honestly i i'm never gonna get used to this but you will hear us <laughs> in another podcast episode we love you guys thank you so much for listening take care bye, bye.